When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, be sure to check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. Huge game this Thursday night, Paul. It's forced us to really hit the fast forward button to get ready for this Thursday. So a lot of news still coming out at the time that we're recording. But at this point, I'm not sure if the Dolphins are going to have anybody to line up, especially on offense this uh, Thursday. Yeah, I'm expecting that Miami's going to promote possibly Isaiah Ford off the practice squad, maybe give uh, Richard Matthews a call if he's still hanging out at home with the kids. It's Do we have any wide receivers left? I mean, Devontae will still be inactive, but, you know, it's – Outside of that, Jakeem Grant and Danny Amendola are going to get awful freaking tired here. Albert Wilson out. Kenny Stills out. Tannehill out. Obviously, Josh Sitton and Dan Kilgore are out for the year. So, Dolphins are having to patch together a lot of things here. Offensively, Brock Osweiler has shown a lot of grit this year. In two-plus games, a quarterback rating of, of 107 on the season. 59 points in the last two games on offense faces his old team in a possible revenge game in Houston and the Houston Texans are not all that great on offense either. So when it comes to his options here, Paul, this could force these injuries could force the dolphins to use their personnel like Kenyon Drake and Jack Jakeem Grant, and maybe even Devonte Parker a little bit more creatively. I'd go a step further and, and, and and say that this might be one of those games where we see Mike Kosicki out wide an awful lot. And we'll see, as you said, uh, Kenyon Drake out wide a lot. I mean, in, in all honesty, it, it's it's perfectly fine having your tight ends and wide receivers out there religiously when you're, you've got a quarterback that throws it four yards down the field effectively and everywhere else not so much. So it's the personnel grouping should should work in Brock Osweiler's favor a little bit here. Texans are a good defense, too. I mean, when you look at them against opposing quarterbacks this year, pass defense isn't as good. They're holding opposing quarterbacks to quarterback rating of 95.7. Against running backs, 3.27 yards per carry on 157 carries is all they're yielding against the run this year. Regardless, we need to see more Kenyon Drake in this game. I think we can both agree on that. Over the last three games, Kenyon Drake is averaging seven yards per carry. The problem is he's only gotten the ball on a carry 25 times. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, this is one thing that could force Gase to actually utilize his running backs a little more heavily, having all the wide receivers injured. So it's, I mean, another name to think about too here is Francis Owusu is still in the practice squad. I don't want Leonte Carew called up. I'd rather just split out Gasicki, O'Leary, Durham, Smythe, 
Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balazs, any of those guys before Leonte Carrera. I think he's a waste of a practice squad spot. So I'm not exactly enamored with the idea of bringing him up to the bigs. What I like is if they do pro- promote Ford, which they might by the time that we air this here, then I think he'll be hungry when he comes up too. We saw a lot of that in the preseason. One thing I like too about the matchup, obviously the big strength of the Texans defense is their outside with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. Laramie Tunzel's been phenomenal at left tackle so far, and he goes he's going to go up against Clowney, and we should see Juwan James go one-on-one against, against J.J. Watt. So given that, you know, given Juwan James tends to play up to the level of his competition, as you said the other week, he shut down Joey Bosa twice when he was given the opportunity. And the other week also largely shut down Khalil Mack, but when he plays, plays a player of, of lower quality like a Carlos Dunlop, he struggles in that game. I think it's going to be huge if the Dolphins can keep those outside pass rushers at bay. It will be. The, the thing that worries me with J.J. Watt is something that he seems to do against the Dolphins with Tannehill at the helm, and it's very easy to do against the Dolphins with the sidearm Sasquatch at the helm. J.J. Watt has always historically – batted down a huge amount of passes at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I know Brock Osweiler is a little taller than Tannehill, but he releases the ball a bit lower than Tannehill does too, and he has had a propensity to have balls batted at the line. So, J.J. Watt, my biggest worry is with a four-yard offense, he, he could be batting a lot of balls at the line of scrimmage here. That's a good observation. Looking at the Dolphins on defense, there's just no way to say it. They've been playing awful for the last game and a half, and really, to me, for the last four weeks. Luckily, they're facing an offense that isn't playing all that well. I mean, you look at the Texans this season, they've scored 155 points. The Dolphins have scored 151. So they match each other a little bit more in that respect. Deshaun Watson, a quarterback rating of 89.9 on the year. The Dolphins are going to see former Dolphin Lamar Miller who has 371 yards rushing, 3.9 yards a carry, coming off a 100-yard game against the Jaguars. So had one of the best games in the last couple of years last week. But the real thing is DeAndre Hopkins, 700 yards on the year. And he just seems to be one of those players, just like A.J. Green or Julio Jones. It's odd and it's very rare that you're going to hold him to under 80 yards you just got to really hope to contain him yeah and I think he's going to get the majority of his yardage against and you know I'm a huge fan of Bobby McCain but I think he's going to get the majority of his yardage when he lines up on that side of the field unless Matt Burke gets creative and has Xavier Howard shadowing DeAndre Hopkins which you know we've seen all year where even when a team has a true alpha receiver Xavier's on him a lot but not all the time so I think The worrisome matchup is Hopkins versus McCain, although with Deshaun Watson nursing a few things and the way he's kind of regressed a little bit, even though he's still playing well, this could very well be a chance for Bobby McCain, who likes to take a few chances out there, to get get a pick in this game and, and maybe have that be one of the things that turns the tide in Miami's favor. The big matchup really is going to be Hopkins and Will Fuller against this defense because after that, they really don't have a third option. Kiki, uh, I see, I can't. I, it's it's like saying Kiki Kiki Kuti will say. I think it might be Cutie, but I don't feel comfortable saying that on the air. So uh, we're going to stick with that. But he was really starting to come on 
for them. Just in a couple of games, in three games, they had 21 catches for him. But he is going to miss this contest. So now their third option after that on the season is tight end Ryan Griffin with 140 yards. And we were listening to Matt Weston from Battle Red blog on here. And in his words, he was the worst tight end in the league. So the Dolphins really do have an opportunity here to win in the secondary, and to put pressure on the quarterback, too. The Texans have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So Ryan Griffin's a guy, actually, that I do know a lot about. I mean, I, I spent four years watching the kid in college uh, uh-huh. in UConn, and uh, he's one of those guys. He's not fast. He's not a guy that you think of, but he scares me a little bit just in the regard that he tends to get forgotten a lot in coverage. He tends, and, and he's very sure-handed. So, you know, he, he's one of those guys like like Anthony Fasano. You watch Fasano play, and you kind of sit there and go, how is he doing that? How is he catching the ball and, and getting another 20 yards here? How, how, does the, how does anybody let that happen? It's because you forget about him. Because there's nothing that fully stands out about Griffin except for he's got good hands. So, Miami's had a propensity in the past to play poorly against no-name tight ends, which Ryan Griffin kind of falls under that category. So he could be a guy that gets a few catches in this game, and they're going to be those sneaky ones where he just kind of trots out in the flat and nobody pays attention. So, I mean, he wor- he actually worries me a little bit. Well, I mean, I – I think anybody would worry me at tight end after seeing Michael Roberts sure. for the Lions, who is no, who is nothing more than a glorified blocker, catch three big balls like he did last week, caught two touchdowns, and he caught a pass, a 27-yard pass, on I believe it was a second and 20 that set up one of the Lions' scores. So, absolutely, I mean, it, the Dolphins can't just focus completely on those two guys. If they do, then they're going to allow some of these nickel and dimers here, like Ryan Griffin, to get the best out of them. But the big thing, I can't overstate this enough, the Texans' offensive line has just been piss poor for a long time. I mean, Julian Davenport, just watching him on film, man, I look at him and think, how can Robert Quinn not eat his lunch this week? And when you look at the last couple of weeks against the Bears and against the Lions, where he was facing Charles Leno and Taylor Decker, two very good left tackles. Now he's facing this guy. I'm thinking Robert Quinn may be due for a couple of sacks this week. But that's the key, and that's where I start getting a little bit optimistic about this defense. The last four weeks, they allowed 38, 27, 28, and 32 points, but they were facing the Bengals, the Bears, the Lions, and the Patriots, two very good offenses. I think they're going to be happy to see, knock on wood, an offense that hasn't been playing very well. Yeah. Quinn, I love Quinn. He's got a hell of a burst. He's got a hell of a motor. I think opposing offenses have kind of figured out that for the most part, he's been a one-trick pony this year, which is I'm just going to run the hell past you. And instead of trying to block him forward, he's going to get by you. But if you push him, you can use his momentum to propel him past the quarterback. And I think we've seen a lot of that in the last few games. So he's going to have to yeah, – if all he does is use a spin move a couple times in this game or or something along those lines and get a little creative, 
then he's going to be able to feast with that one trick that he's got. But it, it's seeing him get pushed past like that over and over again, I, I, something needs to give here. And, and Cam Wake, I love Cam Wake. You can't be a Dolphins fan and not love Cam Wake. I don't know where he is this year. I mean, other than a handful of plays when, when he's been healthy, he's really been a non-factor. And, and Miami needs their all-pro defensive end to step up because that helps all the levels of the defense. So unless that happens, uh, this could be a long day for Miami. But the good news is if they can get a couple shots on Deshaun Watson, he's nursing a few things. So that can greatly affect the outcome of this game as well. That, I'm glad you brought that up because that does scare me, that what the Texans do a lot is to compensate for that poor offensive line. Watson steps up and he starts moving around in the pocket. And the Dolphins have shown with the nine-wide scheme that they're a little – suspect to that i mean we saw even matt stafford easily step up and start maneuvering around last week and that caused a lot of problems watson is 10 times the athlete that matt stafford is so all i know paul is the dolphins defense better be better do a better job this week in the last four games to opposing running backs they've allowed 5.25 yards a carry and the quarterbacks have had a combined rating of 109.3 in the last four games against the Dolphins. Here's one stat that just blew my mind, and I tweeted this out. In the last 109 minutes of Dolphins football, they have forced, on defense, one punt. One punt in the last 109 minutes. Uh, They better do better this week, or else I don't know what the – I don't know if Matt Burke's going to survive into the next week. So a lot of things up in the air here, Paul. How do you think this game's going to go? What's your prediction? Well, I just want to comment real, real, real quick because I know we're we're running out of time here. But, yeah, they've allowed one punt, but they've also been – I don't know if they still are at this point. I'd have to look at the stat line. But they were the leading team in interceptions this year. They forced a lot of turnovers this year. So, I mean, it's – yeah, they forced one punt, which still isn't great, but the fact that they've gotten a lot of turnovers this year too kind of makes it a little more forgivable, even though I don't – love some of the things I saw last this last week. Yeah, for and me, I, 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 I've, yeah, I've got to jump in there, too, is with that, you're right that they've, they've had, they forced 13 turnovers, 11 of those being interceptions. But the last six quarters, they've only had one turnover. And I think that's part of the problem is that now they're not forcing those turnovers. They're also not stopping offenses. So there's not that give and take on the defensive side of the ball. They've got to stop the bleeding in this one. They do. And, and you, know, I'd love, you know, you factor in all the goal line stands we've seen this year from them, which there's been a, a pretty inordinate amount. Um, you know, it, it's, it's I can also make it a little more forgivable, too, so long as they continue to have those. And that's a big, 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 big but there. For me, I actually think, the personnel issues are going to force Gates to get creative, which is when he's at his best. When he's been this vanilla Gase, that, that's been a scary, terrifying thing for Dolphins fans because they don't do well when they play vanilla because they've got personnel that you're supposed to get creative with. So I think Miami does pull this one out. I think the Texans have been beating a handful of bad teams. The Jaguars are terrible right now. The Jets are a terrible team that shows up once in a blue moon, and the Bills are not good either. So, you know, that's three of their four in a row. But 
for me, I think Miami pulls this one out 24-17. Yeah, the last four wins have come against the Colts, Cowboys, Bills, and Jaguars, so not a exactly murderer's row schedule there. So part of me feels like, for that reason, that it'd be kind of odd to see the Texans go 5-3. and three. And I think the Dolphins being 5-3 and three couldn't even make a little bit more sense. But they're, they're very banged up right now. And, and on a shortened week, I don't think they're going to be able to be as creative as, as we want them to. And I have a hard time seeing the Dolphins have a lot of answers for Deshaun Watson, even against this Texans offensive line. I see the Texans winning. I see them winning convincingly 27-13. to 13. I hope I'm wrong because I'll tell you what, the eighth game of the season last year is they played the Oakland Raiders. And after that four and two start, I started feeling like, you know, talent wise, the Dolphins don't quite have four and two talent, but hey, they're four and two. I'm happy. Then they got crushed by the Ravens. And then the following week against the Raiders, they lost a, a close one on prime time. And then from that point, I kind of let them go after they were four and four because. I didn't see him turning the season around. I might have a similar feeling here if the Dolphins don't win this game against the Texans. If they go to 4-4 four and four in this AFC that's starting to look tougher, I don't know if they're coming back from that. I'm sorry to say. They've got to win the next two games against the Texans and against the Jets to get themselves to 6-3, and three, to position themselves for 10 or more wins at the end of the year. It's going to be a tall task, but not impossible. Anything else you want to add there, Paul? Nah, man, I'm hoping that Miami can pull it out in prime time and get back on track here and then start getting healthy again. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm hoping we get some good news on Albert Wilson in the next couple of days, some good news on Kenny Still, and, you know, see Tannehill get back under center here very shortly because sidearm Sasquatch is, is, is ruining Brocktober for me at this point. Oh, man, dropping two there, sidearm Sasquatch and Brocktober. That's right. Yes, yeah, so I'm <laughs> – I'm I'm with you. I, gosh, I was trying to come up with something quickly for David Fails, but I couldn't quite do it. So anyway, we're going to end the show on that note. You can follow Paul and I on the Fin side on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store too on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, side. or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.